0: Hello, and welcome to the Danielle Union Podcast, where I interview founders and innovators to learn the inspiring human stories behind their work. I just wanted to come on here and say a massive, massive thank you for listening to series eight of the podcast. And of course, a huge thank you to my wonderful guests Steve Ferber, Dean Forbes, Michael Gibson, Jennifer Fan, Alvi Way Smith, Polina Marinova Pompliano, and Andrew Zuckerman. Since the beginning of this year, I have learned so much from these inspiring stories from Steve Ferber's quest to reverse engineer the human brain to Dean Forbes' journey from homelessness to billion euro exit. I am forever grateful to my guests for trusting me with their stories and I hope that you get something from these episodes too, be it inspirational, valuable lessons or empowerment in the knowledge that if they can achieve it, you can too. So today, as we close out series eight, I wanted to leave you with some of my favorite snippets from each episode where I ask every guest what's one piece of advice they're to offer their younger selves. So here are my guests' reliving what advice they would give a younger them. If you could give advice to a younger Dean, what one piece of advice would you give him?
1: It's going to be fine, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'd say to him. I'd say, it's going to be fine. I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change any of it. As a parent now, it's very hard to parent my children because I've been so deeply educated to achieve, in order to not suffer, and that is a motivator, right? I knew what it was like to be cold. I knew what it was like to, you know, live in one room with with my siblings. So I have this. I don't want to live in that. I can, and if I had to, I would, but I don't want to. Mm. And that's a real driver for me. My kids don't have that. They have no idea what it's like to not have anything. Like they, they're just. think they do but Mm, it's very hard to create drive in them when the only source of drive for me was suffering and that actually is a hard Mm. hard thing to do as a parent
0: yeah but the thing is you can't force drive all you can do is get them to find their passion and you know more than most that once you lock on to something once you know what your passion is the drive it just takes you along
1: it does. I'm sure it does, but I'm being philosophical mm. when I say that, because my drive was when I realised that there were jobs mm. that paid £50,000 a mm. year. Like That blew my mind mm. that you can know, yeah. get £50,000 a year mm. for just going to work. My kids have a different understanding of what £50,000 yeah. can yeah. be used for, so they, so they will never throw themselves into something because mm. it feels like that for them. Yeah. We, we, just, we do have to find another reason.
0: If you could go back in time, what's one piece of advice you'd offer a younger Michael?
2: Yes, I would say start earlier. When I mentioned studying for the PhD, it was always like it was always the case that oh, you know, you'll you'll study these other people who wrote brilliant books or or did things, but the emphasis was never I I didn't have the courage to believe that I could create those things myself or be a part of something to do that. And so I wish I could tell my younger self to have the courage to step out into the world and be the creator, just not the critic.
0: If you could go back to the young Alvy lying in the hospital bed with all that time on yes. your hands and probably wondering what was going to happen next, what's one piece of advice you would offer him?
3: Pay attention to Moore's law. I mean, there's so many things that I look back and say. Moore's Law solved that problem. Why didn't we get it at the time that all we had to do was just sit still and that would get solved? We were off spinning unnecessarily wasting energy on something that was just going to happen anyhow. What I try to tell people is who didn't break their leg and don't have the freedom to move is, if you can, go where the action is. In a sense, that's what I did, wasn't it? I understood there was a problem and that Something exciting was happening elsewhere, and I just made sure I got myself to that elsewhere. I can say that. It's sort of glib to say, well, go where the action is. But most people have families. I didn't have a family at the time. And for a lot of reasons are nailed down to the spot, and they can't move. But if you can move, first of all, be as good as you can at what you think you are good at, and then go where the action is.
0: What's one piece of advice you'd give yourself?
4: I think the main advice I offer to people who are at an early stage of their careers is that unless you have a very clear idea of what you want to do, if you want to be a doctor, you know, go and study medicine and go and be a doctor. It's fine. But most people at the early stage don't have a clear idea of where they want their career to go. And so my advice to people in that position is to make decisions that, keep as many doors open as possible. So study a subject at university that has pretty broad application. I studied maths, and that's quite a good basis for a whole range of careers in science, technology, engineering, and possibly even medicine. I never regret my decision to study maths as an undergraduate, because I think it provides a foundation for a very wide range. But it's not the only subject studying most branches of science, certainly physics and most branches of engineering, studying computer science equally is highly flexible. Choose subjects that keep doors open rather than narrowing your future opportunities, unless you know exactly what you want to do.
5: I think the advice I would offer younger Jen is: I read the other day, I think it was in one of the books, was something around that in the end you can ask as many people as you want, but in the end you have the map in your hands and no one knows exactly the path or the way and only you basically know, know the answers. So to sum it up or to shorten it probably just you know trust in yourself because I think especially as a founder right there are days where you also have doubt and I think in general just trusting and believing in yourself and everything will be fine. If you could go back to
0: your eight-year-old self? What's one piece of advice you'd offer her?
5: Oh man, what a great question. I think what I would say, and I talk about this in the book, is it's okay to be different. And actually that difference in life is going to end up being your greatest strength because especially for kids who move to different countries when they're little, and enter totally different environments, you're still so young where you're malleable enough where you're like, I can fit in. I can make this work. I can be just like Sally Joe down the street except for the fact that I'm not blonde. But like you, you start to conform and you conform in really crazy ways where later you look back and you're like, I don't even recognize myself. Like that's not even me. And I think I was going down that path until I moved to New York where everybody's so aggressively themselves that it gives you license to be yourself. So I do think that if there's anybody listening who, honestly feels like hey i feel like i'm trying to fit in a little too much know that like that's gonna make you severely unhappy and it's like finding out who you really are and doing the things that make you interesting and different is what is gonna allow you to create original and meaningful work like nothing good ever came out of conformity and imitation what's that one piece of advice you'd offer yourself
2: This is like, you know, what they do on regression journeys, like psychedelic regression journeys.
0: You know, I listen to so many different podcasts, and there's one in particular which is all about Mm. health and wellness, and they do talk a lot about this particular therapy where what I heard was that you go either into a room or you witness from outside of the room. They take you back to your childhood self, and you as yourself are in the room, and they say, what would you do? And I find it so emotional because... As soon as you start thinking of yourself as a child, you become maternal or paternal to that particular person and take it out of yourself. So, yeah, I guess it is a bit like that. But if you could say one thing, what would it be? Yeah,
2: it's interesting because I have done some of these therapeutic experiences, by the way, of going back. And what I've found that I have returned to each time is that you see a younger version of yourself. And for me, at least, it's been a desire to see the world through that lens more than give it advice. (laughs) So I have a lot more questions for an eight-year-old version of myself than answers for him. Because, you know, you tell an eight-year-old version of yourself, it's going to be okay, you know, you're going to get out of here. There's a world beyond. I'm much more interested in how I saw the world then, which had almost no bias and had just a completely wide-eyed perspective on things. And so the thing that I kind of mourn is my inability to see the world in the way that I did at that age, which is what I'm striving for now. You know, how do you release all of the sort of expertise or knowledge or all the things you've learned, which is a lot of stuff, but also a multi-layered filter through which you see things that I'm co- constantly trying to, to clarify and get rid of. So I think I'd have more questions and advice for the kid.
0: Thank you so much again for being a part of series eight of the podcast and as always if you enjoyed it please do rate and review it and share it with friends. It's the single best way to give me feedback and help others to find inspiration here too and also don't forget to hit the subscribe button because series nine is going to be a little different which is a very exciting thing because after two years of focusing solely on tech founders and innovators, I'm actually going to spread out the innovator word to include other fields. So it's basically going to include guests from fields including music, science, and possibly even forensics. I am very excited about these guests, and if you want to get some clues as to who they might be, you might want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, where you can find me at Danielle Newnham on both. But for now, let's close out series eight by leaving you with a quote from Polina Marinova Pompliano's book, Hidden Genius. It's for all of you founders and creators out there that listen to the podcast. And it reads, all successful people bet on themselves. And there is no bad time to start doing that. Create something that lets you tie your identity to something that actually matters. Your own name. Nothing is more liberating or more powerful.